Color Me Blood Red is the third in a group of three movies that often are referred to as the Gore Trilogy. The first, obviously, was Blood Feast. The second, 2000 Maniacs. The third in that group was Color Me Blood Red. Now, Color Me Blood Red, in a sense, is a joke. A mad painter who, to get the proper shade of red in his paintings, has to use human blood. Dave Friedman handled the exploitation of Color Me Blood Red. We disagreed on the exploitation of that movie. He wanted to go back to his Hollywood roots. I wanted to stay with the category we had invented. So Dave broke off and went back to California. And from some, for some years, he and I operated independently. Later, we reconciled. Maybe 30 years had gone by. But as everybody here knows, in the motion picture world, 30 years, it's a flash of time. Enjoy Color Me Blood Red. It's a little different. Let us once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinebus aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinebus such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film. When you look at the state of the world around you and you realize how little time you have left to be happy, do you really want to waste that time you have left listening to cinema science? have to really pay more attention to what these kids are listening to. 
Welcome to the 405th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who is wondering why we're saying it's consecutive weeks only when it's releases and not now that we're recording twice every two weeks. And also equally confused about that is my co-host, Matt. I told you not to try to do the math, but you decided to go ahead and say, fuck you, Matt. Well, not guess what, Court? Have fun trying to figure out numbers and shit. Oh, Good fucking said, luck. I thought you said <laughs> don't do the meth. And I'm like, yeah, I won't. That makes sense. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, don't do that either. But yeah. also still don't do, don't do the math, but still also don't do math. <laughs> two very good things you probably shouldn't do. And also don't do math on meth and don't do meth math and don't do meth on math. Uh, I have three teeth, but I lose two. That's going to leave you with meth math. Oh, mouth, meth mouth. Meth math. It's, it's Ma- meth, meth math. Meth mouth, meth math, <laughs> meth mouth, meth everything around here. God damn it. I want math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everything's fine. We're all fine here. Um, so this, everyone's fine. This is more the end of the Dave Friedman and uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis collaboration because they had a disagreement on what should happen with this one. And I think Friedman was the one that was pushing to make this one a little bit more tame, which it absolutely is. This by 1964 standards is very what I would call standard. This is nothing as far as the yeah. blood and gore goes uh, that's in this film for Calling Me Blood Red. Oh, and, well, there you go. It's, it's nice and calm. Well, and that's something that uh, we talked about when we were doing the documentary where I said, should an artist self-censor in such a manner as to try and make it a more widely appeal? Like, if your goal is to make money, should you maybe tame down the thing that makes you as uh, popular as it is and make people want to watch your stuff as much as it is so that a wider audience can get it? And uh, in the case of Color Me Blood Red, it is a treatise on what not to do, uh, on how to grow your audience. Yeah, because it wasn't all that great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to mince words about it. Uh, This is the first of the gore films to really be a disappointment to me um not just in this box set but just like when i watched it because the original there's like a something weird released a blu-ray of color me blood red blood feast and 2000 maniacs i think it's still out there and i think it's still in print where you can get your hands on it that was the first blu-ray of herschel gordon lewis i was able to get my hands on i bought it obviously because it's blood feast and 2000 maniacs but this is the third of the films and uh even when i watched it then i was kind of disappointed in it when i bought that blu-ray ages ago when it was first released um yeah of the three of them it is definitely the lesser of the three for sure no one's gonna argue with that um kind of the only thing it has going for it is those stupid water bikes <laughs> those stupid water bikes <laughs> oh man I, those were kind of fucking annoying i hated those goddamn things what <laughs> yeah i don't the fuck are you doing out there <laughs> yeah i cannot really lay into those things as far as design goes just in general um the yeah the, yeah. the wheel paddles needed to be much bigger bigger or a just single giant wheel paddle in order for that to be useful it just it just it's very poorly designed anyway that doesn't fucking matter because uh, the theme for color me blood red is very poor design in all sorts of manners yes <laughs> everything works because everything's this poor of a design 
<laughs> yeah, so let's uh, stop beating around the bush for the pirate radio edit for this week. It's going to be Blood Red is the theme. So it either has to say Blood Red in the title or has to have something to do with Blood Running Red or something along those lines. Up first, Discharge with The Blood Runs Red. The band's name is Discharge, everyone, not just Blood Runs Red from The Discharge, which also is just a horrible image to all throw together there at once. And now I'm just thinking about that and I, I think I'm, I'm frozen and I, I can't get out of this loop. Anyway, Legion Patreon ad and then the band Discharge charge with the song The Blood Runs Red right after this. You're doing great. <laughs> This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Discharge with the blood runs red, and try not to picture those things together because you'll never get through this fucking <laughs> review court. Just, just you'll get locked in <laughs> yeah. that. Never get through there. Yeah, <laughs> we should just move on and let's let's start talking with uh, color me blood red. The first twenty minutes. Yeah. The, the film opens up oh. on a gallery with a painting that is obviously H.G. Lewis blood soaked, and an admirer of said painting who holds the frame and appears to have some form of transcendent experiences. So he grabs it and heads out of the gallery with it in hand. He drops it face first on the ground and soaks the fuck out of it with some gasoline and then lights that shit ablaze. I guess he found this more disgusting than transcendent. Everybody's a critic. The opening credits roll as blood boils up out of the painting and the title card pops up, color me blood red, with more opening credits. After the credits, we see a dude painting and very upset at the brown swath he made. 
made. He seems disaffected as he grabs at a blank canvas and is super pissed that the red he is looking for just isn't quite right. A woman comes in to add more agitation to this scene and also dialogue and our first clip. Adam, you miserable... chi I told you before, I don't want to be disturbed when I'm working. I ever quit disturbing you, you'd probably never change your socks again. It's a big deal. I can always paint socks on my beach. You know, if we ever get married, the first thing I do would be get a divorce. I'd like to ram that. What are you doing here anyway? I'm working. Okay, Picasso, so you're working, but you're also doing a Farnsworth Gallery in an hour. Your big one-man art show, remember? But Mr. Farnsworth said he'd never do business with you again if you didn't show up. The critics will be there. What critics? From Suburbia Magazine? You know, I haven't sold a painting to a serious collector since my mother quit buying them. You better go or Mr. Farnsworth is left. <coughs> What's that for? F stands for Farnsworth. <coughs> Boy, I fucking hate this artist right now so bad. Well, your mommy was the only one buying your stuff, and now you're all pissy about it. What a dick. Yeah, he's a total piece of shit. After that, we get a shot of the busy gallery with our pretentious artist speeding up and parking like an asshole to get into the gallery as folks admire the work, and he checks the carpet. Someone clears their throat. Is it a critic? Anyway, oh, look, more dialogue. Less work for court and our next clip. This is the way. The man I was saying. The man who painted this and who also painted this is interested in selling his paintings, not creating them. No? Yes, Mr. Farnsworth, I shall write in my column. Adam Sorg is... How much is this canvas? Fifteen hundred. Uh, it's a lot of painting, you know. Yes, I shall write Adam Sorg is a commercial success. But an artistic abortion, right? Well, Mr. Sword, I would not go quite so far. Let us say a commercial success, but an artistic imposter. The use of color is not, let us be generous, not developed. Uh, Mr. Grigorovich, permit me to express myself to you in words, since I cannot express myself to you on canvas. You are full of... Adam, he's a critic. Why do you have to irritate Grigorovich? He didn't say anything so terrible. Fine words. You know what F stands for? Adam, for heaven's sake. F stands Adam. for... Farnsworth. They say there's a story behind every painting he does. Oh, he's a fascinating man. But I wish he were a bit calm. He's so colorful. It's quite the thing to own a sort of painting, you know. He's most fashionable. Madam, you'd have made me a lot happier if you'd have said I was a good painter. But uh, I don't want to disappoint him. He's so naughty. I can't understand why the critics don't appreciate him more. Oh, they will. He's still very young, you know. After this, we see Adam on a water bike. I guess that's what I called them at the beginning of the show, but I don't really. Uh, just I'm okay. Hang on, I gotta skip all my notes about where I bitch about how poorly designed this thing is. Still reading. Still reading. <laughs> okay, here we go. His would-be lover wants his attention, and when he pedals away from her, she hops on one of these weird-looking. Okay, skipping, 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 and then goes <laughs> off in pursuit. <laughs> 
they they meet up and he acts as though nice. she should join him on his bike, then dumps her in the drink. Oh, this is so fucking irritating. But there's more dialogue, so our next club. I don't think I know anybody as cruel as you are. Oh, what's all the fuss? Mr. Farnsworth is here. He says you have some paintings for him. Are they ready? Tell him to pick anything and take it. <laughs> I trust him. He's too pompous to cheat anybody. Well, honey, you ought to talk to him. He pays you a lot of money. If we ever get married, I'm going to hire you a business manager. If we get married, I'm going to hire me a psychiatrist. <laughs> you look like a wet alley cat. Hold these things in. Adam! Adam, you'll get all those paintings wet. Well, why not? Canvas is used for tents. Water can't hurt it. Adam, you're impossible. If I'm impossible, maybe I ought to get another art dealer. Until you do, here's a present from those moronic art buyers. I don't know better. Now you got what you want? Get out! Coffee's cold and I'm an impossible host. They say that Gauguin was obnoxious too. What the devil is that? For that? That's impressionism. This might turn into something. Adam, do you have any more red paintings? There's some well. well. What do you think about red paintings? Adam, I have to agree with that critic Grigorovich. I think you can do better with the use of color. You know something? I agree with you. Now take the rest of them and get out. I want to go to work. Bang. My shoes are wet. Oh, boy. The more Ah. Adam's on screen, the more he causes me pain, the less I care about any of this. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty fucking terrible. He's just the fucking worst. And as she says... I say, he's just the fucking worst. (laughs) And as she said at the end there, uh, her shoes are not the only thing that is apparently wet as Adam leads her off to the bedroom and they do a fade to and from black, indicating some kind of overnight nookie, I'm guessing. Meaning he... We heard a boot and mud only wetter. The next morning, the trash painting is on the floor and someone grabs it and gouges themselves on the nail and spreads their blood on the canvas and they indicate time has passed as it is all still there laying. He comes back and smears some of the blood around and then takes it out into the sun and decides that this is what has been missing from his life. So he drags the painting back in and checks his other reds to find that blood is the color he needs. His lady comes in with fucking dialogue to save me from having to describe this slow motion fucking train wreck. And that is our next clip. Sorry, I got blood on your canvas. A lousy nail was sticking up out of it. Easy, mister. Hey, it's too early for breakfast. You mean that's blood? Well, it is unless I got tomato juice in my veins. What's the matter, Lord and Master? You can't be uh, nervous again. It's only 8 o'clock in the morning. Come here, I want something. You mean you really care? I don't believe it. Well, I want to see this. It's a great color. Thanks a lot. Listen, it's important. I want to try something. Let me open that cup. Just for a minute. Oh, he wants blood. Okay, Count Dracula. You want it? I got it. All right, little finger. Bleed for the big man. Ow. If we ever get married, I'm going to wear gloves. Adam, you must be nuts. Look, I'm willing to share my blood with you, but I'm not going to give you all of it. To cover this canvas, you need a superwoman. I'm going out. I'm not hurting you. Look, if you want blood, use your own. Of course, it'd probably come out black. Not even the fruitcake. Yeah, that's the level of acting that we're dealing with. And I'm going to stop reading off my snarky comments and the notes here, because otherwise this review is going to be two hours. Yeah, I was about to say, what else, well, then the, the review is not going to be around at all without snarky comments. How much more notes can you have? Right. I'm just going to make them on the fly. I'm not going to use those that are in these notes. So that's that's a, that's a good job. Anyway, I can't believe I pricked my finger. I'll get if we were married, 
I'd give you my blood or a divorce or everything else. Look at this is me acting. All clips. She splits and he gets super <laughs> obsessive over spreading blood over everything and apparently uses some of his own as she suggested and smears it on the canvas and we get a cross blurring of him working on his art with his own blood as he smears more of it on this canvas and continues to hurt himself in order to do it and that is the end of the first 20 minutes. Are you there God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> okay, I don't quite understand, but okay. Just all the blood. It's supposed to be <laughs> fuck off, man. You, you, you could have just backed me up and just laugh at that joke. That I was a good joke. I didn't, fuck off. I didn't recognize the reference. I guess you're making a menstrual uh, okay. reference here. Menstruation yeah, because all the blood. I was just like, yeah, it's me, Margaret. You, fuck it. you know what? Now we just explained it. <laughs> Thank you, because now I need it to explain to me. Um, And this <laughs> conversation that we're currently having is uh, a lot more entertaining to me than the one we will have doing the review. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but oh my God. <laughs> It's just like, oh, yep. I just explained it. Now I'm like, oh, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> well, I I guess I didn't read the book that you're referring, referring to or see the no, I mean, it's yet. just, it's kind of a known book. You're yeah, I just, They're making a movie about that. Yeah, I know. I just, it's not one that was ever really on my purview. I mean, I should have been. Why would it have been on our purview? <laughs> I mean, I read Anna Green Gables as a kid, and that's not necessarily something that should be on my purview. I just didn't know the book, and I just love that we're over explaining this and doing anything we can to not talk about the movie. Me too. I'm doing whatever it takes to not actually do the review is what I'm kind of shooting for here. Yeah, this is way more amateurish I'm, I'm, than Blood Feast. It really is. Oh God, this is so much worse. This is worse than Moonshine Mountain. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it. yeah, I enjoyed Moonshine Mountain more. I'm actually jealous yeah. you did that review. Yeah, I know. I at least got a good music and shit. <laughs> All right, let's just, uh, we'll just keep barreling through this and, you know, the episode is as long as it is, whatever. It's, it is what it is. I can't wait for for story time where we all explain what a bunch of whiny little shit mama boy artists we are. <laughs> the next 20 starts with the painting getting some bloody final touches as our newly invigorated artist can barely stand thanks to what I assume is severe blood loss. He collapses onto the couch to a swinging jazz score that beats the shit out of your ears and the film does another time passing trick before resting on the completed bloody painting and cutting to the artist's late water biking her way back to their sandbar cottage and heading in to find the painting and touch the blood. She calls him a damn fool, finding him covered in blood and starts to clean him up a little. Thankfully, there's just enough dialogue that it is our next clip. Just one problem with painting like that. The undertaker has to finish it for you. Pigment pal, not hemoglobin. Give this painting to the blood bank and get back to work. What kind of vampire are you anyway, painting with blood? You a painter or a butcher? You had to go and call Farnsworth at Worth and tell him you had something big. You had to get him to invite that, that caviar critic, Grigorovich, to see a new painting. And you're supposed to have it ready in a couple of days. Well, it serves you right. I don't know where you think you're going to get some blood to finish that. Sure is a great painting, though. You know, it doesn't speak well for you, Adam, that you can do a better job with blood than you can with paint. Adam, are you listening to me? If we ever get... Oh, boy. 
With that, Adam murders his lady and proceeds to use her corpse to paint with by grabbing it and smearing the bloody wounds onto the canvas. And the film cuts to a lady painting her toenails when her mom walks up to her. Thank fuck. More dialogue, less work for court, and our next clip. Your friends are here, April. Yes, Lori knows about there. Where are you going this afternoon? Golf and I are going on a picnic. Jack, Sydney. April, somehow I can't get used to a girl being named Sydney. Mother, I'm not entirely used to Sydney being a girl. <laughs> I suppose that's funny, but I don't know why. You know, when I was your age, they didn't sell the books you read and underline. Oh, your friends are coming back here. Which one is Sydney? She's out here on the patio, daddy-o. Hi, hi. Hello, Mrs. Carter. April, why don't you come on when you Ralph, my daughter does not run when somebody hops. What are you, a bunch of geese? Not bad for an old woman on Geritol. Like a dig, pig! Young man, I hope we don't have another war. I should hate to think of you defending me. Well, I suppose you'll have fun, but I'm not going to ruin my whole day by asking how. Where are you going, Mother? Oh, down to Farnsworth's gallery. He got in another Adam Sorg painting, and I want to get a bid in on it. Well, have a good time, April, Ralph, and <laughs> you two fellows. Have fun, too. Hey, dig the hot, Jack. She's not square still after all. I guess she digs the scene. Even if she doesn't make it. Let's go, honey, before these two harden into cement. Where are we going, Ralph? We'll go way down on the beach. Someplace we're going to have it all to ourselves. Someplace quiet and private. Like, wow. 1927s, though. Take me out to the ball game, Dad. They're playing games that night. Come on, let's go. It's a long drive to the beach. That dialogue feels like youth, like written for by old people that are out of touch trying to sound hip. Yeah. Come on, daddy. Oh, let's head to the beach. <laughs> With this, these hip cats hop into a convertible and motivate. The film cuts to the artist's asshat motherfucker burying the woman's body in sand, which is just fucking stupid, but it's convenient, I guess. And he hovers over the grave as though he actually feels bad about murdering her for a second. Then he buries what looks like the bandage of her finger or something like that last. It's really hard to fucking tell and I didn't want to back it up but whatever. It was something bloody. He leaves a stick as a grave marker and the film cuts to the gallery where the old fart lady is there looking at a painting. Fucking hell. More dialogue and our neck lip. Mr. Farnsworth, ten more minutes and I shall have to leave. Oh now don't worry Mr. Gregorovich. I called Adam's home. There was no answer. He must be on the way with the painting. Here he is. But, my dear Adam, it is of course your finest. I must revise my opinion of your work. I salute a great talent. Oh, Mr. Farnsworth, I simply must have it. How much? For the finest sold painting of them all? Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand? Oh, you must be joking. My dear friend, I must say on the lady's behalf, this is a sort of not a Michelangelo. Even Picasso's and Brock's do not bring prices like that. I can't accept less for this painting. This painting will be a classic. Art museums will borrow it. Textbooks will reproduce it. You're a delightful old thief, but I'll take it. There may never be another like it. I know Adam Soul. His blood is in this one. It's not for sale. What do you mean? It's not for sale. Yes, Adam, what do you mean? 
You don't want to sell it. Why did you bring it? Oh, I can paint. There is one painting in each of us. Can you paint another? Or is this the one outpouring of genius that will never be followed by another? Can you paint one like this again? Want another one? I'll paint you another one. This one is not for sale. You can hang it. Look at it. Admire it. But it is not for sale. Not for sale! Mr. Grigorovich, what do you make of him? Isn't he exciting? I think I would not like to be that man's psychoanalyst. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'm cutting out the large amount of space between all the delivered dialogue in this, and you all are welcome, because otherwise that clip was like seven minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, because I'm like watching, I'm like, wow, this is a way more concise and tight movie than I remember. <laughs> After this, Adam drives home, and we see him working with another painting that is shit, and he goes for some blood on the floor in what appears to be an attempt to soup up this piece of shit but the carpet has all but soaked up all the blood and it's useless to him he goes to slash his finger again and then he sees the annoying kids from the earlier clip on the beach and some couple deeply involved in some submarine racing the artist considers his options for blood painting while pretentiously smoking a cigarette through one of those little fucking holders and looking at his bloodless shit painting and that is the end of the 40 minutes Jesus Christ thank God we're already 40 minutes in <laughs> it does move quickly it doesn't meander it does have a few moments where there's no. clear padding. i mean that between the dialogue it meanders with all that open fucking space yeah there's no denying that that is pretty bad in this the dialogue is really needed to be tightened up and they just kind of it's very haphazardly thrown together it's obvious the first take in a lot of cases there's a couple of spots in the clip even that you can hear it where before she dies the artists live in girlfriend flubs her lines and corrects herself like she says for far's yeah. word and then says worth immediately afterwards like and you know like she meant to repair herself there but if it's going to be filmed like live theater you just have to move on and accept that you screwed up and keep going you know <laughs> yeah that's you just have to accept that's fucking life sometimes <laughs> but when you move go back along. yeah when you go back and correct yourself it it fucks up the recording it just doesn't work that you know you, you you just fucked it you just made it obvious that you're trying to hit a line and that you flubbed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That was left. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the first kill is like an accident and then you think he's going to be motivated by the painting that he did is of her dead there, um, stabbed in the head like she was and that's what his interpretation was. Uh, and it was kind of cool and everything and it's there was another film. Um, okay, so the very first one I can think of is um, A Bucket of Blood where I told you the guy does like sculptures by just basically putting plaster over top of actual dead bodies including people and then pretending like he made a sculpture uh, right that's yeah. that's like one of them and then there's another one where there were uh, it was like a black and white film I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head but the guy was like a pretentious painter dude and was basically murdering women and painting with their blood and that as well but he did it like how blood is used to make paint thicker they use for some oils and stuff to really get like multiple layers and really get like a 3D build up a paint or something like that. I know that Steer's blood was used for that. And that's what he was using it for was, you know, the human blood to help him paint. And I guess for some pigmentation as well. 
Like I said, I can't remember the name of it, but his series of paintings were called Dead Red Nudes. Um, I just remember that. Oh. And then this film Weird. comes along and is doing the exact same thing, like several years after these other films, and just really trying to make it just a little bit more bloody, a little bit more grotesque. But really, it's pushing for like a PG rating almost is what it feels like with this, because it's very tame. Yeah, they just, cut out swearing everything. It really is. Yeah. It's just the one where they were like, hey, we're going to make it not as horrible. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, this is it, the one where they yeah, parted ways yeah. on. And you can tell, you can feel it. It kind of taints the film and ruins it a little bit, right? It seems so, yeah. Definitely. All right. So uh, let's get back into it and uh, get this over with here. So the next uh, 20, he puts out a cigarette on his hand after spying on those couples and the various groups running around. Oh, great. Now he's got a pain kink to try to apologize for his stalking of people. <laughs> the film cuts to the couple giving up on making out in our eighth clip. Well up, baby. We better head home. Before we do, let's go down and take a look at those things down there. Come on. Come on. Uh, I'll go down. Hey, come on. Those look like fun. Betsy, we better leave them alone. They belong to somebody. Come on, Norman. We're not going to hurt them. Let's just go on out and back, okay, baby? Come on. I'll race you to that point out there and back. Come on. That's right. Come on. Push me hard. Yes, push her hard into the water so that she drowns and we don't have to deal with her on screen. Thank you. Because I'm just saying, damn. <laughs> the film cuts back to the dude with the cigarette ashes in his hand and then cuts back to the couple fucking around on the water bike things they just obviously stolen for a joyride and having a supposedly fun race. When a boat comes charging at them, the guy of the couple points out they stole the bikes again and that they should head in when the motorboat comes at them faster and he harpoons the dude into the water, which seems like a waste of fucking blood if you need it to paint, but whatever. Hey man, how, however you need to have it work. Anyway, they cut to the shit painting now splattered with blood and the artist acts as though the blood has to be just right as he collects more blood from the now tied up corpse of the female of the couple by using a bit of viscera hanging from her disbowled corpse. He just grabs a hold of some guts and squeezes to milk some blood out of it. That was weird. Yeah, weird and gross. So actually, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's kind of the most interesting thing in the film. That, that pretty much was yeah. it. That was the bulk of what they did that was cool. There, there you go. There, There's the coolest part of this whole fucking movie. We now see the gallery and another blood-soaked painting. More dialogue. Thank fuck. I don't want to type this. Our next clip. Ah, oh, Mr. Sorg. This time you can't escape me. Mr. Farnsworth and I have been talking business. Adam, you can paint for a year with what you make from this sale. That, that painting isn't for sale. What? I said that painting isn't for sale! I hope you're satisfied. I hope. My dear Farnsworth, your mad genius failed to varnish this painting. Is that young gosling going to honk for you today, dear? You mean, Rolf? You have him trained, Mother. He'll ring the doorbell like a good boy. And is he a good boy? Yes, darn it. He's not like your screwball painter. April, I'm determined to own one of those two paintings. Mr. Farnsworth says that Adam Sorg hasn't painted a thing in weeks. He seems to be hibernating. Mr. Farnsworth says that Sorg has a hermit's house way down at the end of the beach, and he never leaves it these days. 
not even to buy art supplies. We're going to the beach today, Mother. Maybe I can get Mr. Sorg to do a painting of me. You're not going all the way out to the deserted cove, are you? Why, half the day will be over before you even get there. We like it, Mother. The other beaches are too crowded. We found a spot we like, and we'll probably go there. And after dark, we'll have a weenie road. I suppose you'll be late. Don't worry, Mother. What could happen on a deserted beach? Huh, so many horrible things. <laughs> None, None of it's them, good. No, yeah. no good decisions being made here today. Yeah, yeah. So many horrible things can happen at the beach, and none of them will be entertaining for us, though. No. <laughs> and no. Now, now we're back to watching the artist chain-smoking pretentiously and looking for his blood muse pacing back and forth and shifting canvases around. He messes with the paintings but finds no inspiration. We then cut to the kids riding in the convertible on their way to the beach, and there is yet another stupid matching costume with that hippie, hipster, weirdo, fucking annoying couple. This is a time-wasting padding to get the film above an hour, and holy fuck, is it boring to watch. Yeah, it is just fucking terrible. We are forced to wait as they park. I mean, we watch them park in real time, back up and move, back up and move, just to make sure they're in the line. It's this, so irritating. This legit should have been a 45-minute <laughs> Okay, so we're forced to wait as they park, then take out the top of the car and put it on and put it into place and get it locked in, roll up the windows, lock the doors and shut them and then mosey their way to a private beach area they love while being spied on by the mad painter guy who's looking for blood. That goes on for a really long time. Like they take a lot of screen time on this. Yeah. Oh, like the whole time. Yeah. Just this is over half fucking movie apparently. <laughs> the other portions of that are dialogue thankfully and our next clip. <laughs> Come on, idiots. <laughs> That's why I need a mop. Well, I'm sorry. Now, wait a minute. I want to show you something. Take a look. Well, there's nothing on it. That's right. This canvas has been waiting for you. You can bring it to life. You want me to pose for you? Yes. 
How? In what pose? Any way you wish. This painting will be you. I'm with some people. Well, let them go home. Come back later. I can't do that. I'm sorry. Are you really a painter? I mean, are you well known? Some people think so. What's your name? Adam Sorg. Adam Sorg? My mother's been trying to buy one of your paintings. She can have this one. For nothing. It'll be my best. So you dun, 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 dun. you heard the space in the dialogue because there was too much background noise for me to be able to reduce the noise and then uh, truncate the silence left behind. It was impossible to hear after that because of all the digitization of their voices. So I just left in the noise and all of the space in that last clip. And that's how long and drawn out they pause between talking to each other during this film. It's like the, both of them forgot what their actual lines were. So they're just remembering. Her and her friends then go and frolic in the water and that is the end of the first hour and then we're going to be picking up for the final 19 after that. Well, at least they're frolicking. I like it when people frolic. It just seems nice for them. This, Good on them. This legit could be the uh, shortest review we have ever done by the time that we're done because I, be. I have less than half of a page for the final 19. But then we can just go home. <laughs> <laughs> we're already home. We can just stop recording and you know move on afterwards. So yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, we can do that too. Uh, however we need to do it. <gasps> you can tell that whatever was going on behind the scenes like really affected the care and concern with this film uh it's so carelessly put together and just feels very abandoned and just like so not even thought out in any way shape or form it i mean like it feels like there was a script but like there's nothing to this film like it's just it's a patchwork of mess you were not even a little bit wrong i mean it is just horrendous how this thing was set up and done i feel bad yeah, like, <laughs> obviously, whatever fun that they were normally having whenever they make these films that transfers onto screen, like in 2000 Maniacs or even Blood Feast, which is an absolute mess. It is a mess of a film. It sh- I should not like Blood Feast at all, but I do. I don't know. There's just this sense of fun about it that permeates the air when you're watching it, and it just is a blast, and it's not hard to get through, although it has passages that are even more padding and much of a slog and much more terribly active yeah. than this. But still, this one just doesn't even have any of that sense to it at all. Uh, the artist guy is like, it, basically, if Fuad Ramses were a pretentious artist, that's the plot line. Like, it's pretty much a rehash of Blood Feast, only it's a pretentious artist killing people because it's the only way he can be somewhat creative and make his art motivate and move people. But at the same time, it's like supposed to be tongue in cheek, but there's no joke there. It's not funny. It's yeah. it's like a psychopath like, 
typing out. It's like when I text you and then immediately after I respond or after I type the most horrible thing you've ever read in a text form, I type LOL at the end. Like that's what yeah. this <laughs> it's that style of humor that this phone that this film is going for. And it's just not it's not there. It, it's it's so half heartedly done. And it just feels like an abandoned film that still got put out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It just feel, it feels like um, it was something that was half finished. They got up all the shit that you usually would cut out and said, well, let's put it back in. It makes it an hour 19. If we can at least just release a movie. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty sure it just starts getting worse and worse from here, folks. Uh, maybe we should just move on. This is one of those times where we did not, we did not uh, leave the best for last. We left the worst for last folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm playing them in order of release and we're going to watch the career diminish as we go, but it is what it is. All right. So the final 19 picks up where we left off with the annoying hipster kids frolicking in the water and just begging for a jellyfish sting or some kind of shark attack to break the monotony of watching this. They get out of the water and the film focuses on the artist's house. Then we see it is sunset. Then the night comes in where the couples are cooking something by the fire. And that leads to our 11th clip. Boy, you're sure up there on cloud nine. Here. I'm trying to decide whether to do something. I'm sorry I'm such a good company. Rolf, there's this painter. Painter? You mean the kind that earns uh, an honest living painting houses? Or the kind with the beard and the sandals? He, he wants to paint me. Ah, my I am famous painter. I wish to paint you. Like I'm he. Ah, such vocabulary. The charm. I may paint you. We? Oui? You may paint me. <laughs> yeah, I have painted you. <laughs> there, I have painted you back. <laughs> Boy, you're shook up. Honey, relax. I know. I've got just things. Nice, stiff drink to pep you up. No. No, I don't drink. Milk. What are you thinking about that painter? He's a very famous painter. He wants me to pose for him. In the nude, I suppose. Now, whatever made you think that? Because I'd like to paint you in the nude myself. But you aren't a painter. If you were agreeable, I would not let that stop me. Tell me, when does this uh, Rasputin Rembrandt want you to assume the angle? Tonight. And for your information, he doesn't want to paint me in the nude. He doesn't, huh? Well, obviously, he knows something about you I don't. All right, Miss Carter, Colonel Rolf is in command. Now, we're going to go right over to the car and go to the nearest service station, and you can call your painter and tell him that he'll have to wait his turn. Tonight is mine. You go tell him to pickle his pigments. Come on, let's go call him. Now, where is this cat studio, anyway? Oh, it's, um, it's pretty far. If we both go, Jack and Cindy will think something's wrong. Give me the keys and I'll go. And be right back. Now let me have your keys. Oh, honey, I'll go with you. It'll only take a second to tell Jack and Cindy where we're going. Well, well they're too far out. See, to reach them, you get all wet, and that would ruin the apartment. Now, come on, lover boy. Give me the keys, and when I get back, I'll be in a better mood. What kind of mood? Well, before the night is over, you 
just might own that car. Here's your shoes. Hurry back now. She's heavily implying that she's going to fuck him because she's going to borrow his car, and if he loans it to her, she'll fuck him or something like that. I didn't really pay that close of attention, and it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. And uh, hey, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe he's gonna get some of that. Uh, you know, let someone borrow your car. I guess you get some nookie. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't well, know how this goes. When she was talking to her mother, her mother states that or asks if he is a good boy, and the daughter says, "Yes, he's a good boy." Darn it! As in, she's disappointed that he's not trying to get in her pants because she wants him to. He's not a gigantic piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, women love bastards, apparently. Anyway, she drives over to the artist's house. <laughs> she drives over to the artist's house and he lets her in. There is dialogue and I am so not even given. Give a shit. It's our next clip. I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh, yes, you do. Do uh, your friends know you're here? No, but I can't stay long. I'm supposed to be at a gas station calling you to tell you I can't pose for you. They know I asked you to pose for me? Oh, I didn't tell them it was you or the town. What? Well, if you can't stay late, we'd better get started. Sit down right over there. Is there something you want me to do? Not yet. Should I pose or something? I'm not a photographer, I'm a painter. I paint what I feel, not what I see. Just for a moment. I'll tell you when to move. How my payment looks just like blood. Is that what they mean when they say you really put your blood in your hair? No, Jake! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just isn't funny to me. I think I'd better go. No. No. I'm uh, I'm just about ready. I'll stand over there. Does this work? Don't touch. It's loaded. No, pull it out. It makes me nervous. Hey, stop! Let go of the strap. Why don't you take that thing off? It makes me nervous. <laughs> I don't dare. You might lose it. Where would you be with half a suit? You keep fiddling around and I'm liable to lose something else. Hey, you won't lose it. I'll know just where it is. Hey, Kate, where's your mate? Did she split? Making a phone call. From that house over there? No, from the gas station down the road. Look, there's a light on. I thought that place was deserted. Ooh, I'm cold. You telling me? You guard those straps like Fort Knox. That kind of cold. This kind of cold, you dick. Hey, why don't you two go get some more wood? April and I got this stuff. Now it's your turn. Now there's stuff down the beach. Come on, Miss Iceberg, let's get some wood. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. I can't stay much longer. What's the matter? Well, you, you, you just can't seem to hold the pose. Now, I tell you what we'll do. I'll help you keep your arms. And then I can pay for memory. How can you do that? Just see. What are you doing? This way, you can let your arms relax. Keep them in place. You tied me up! Just for a moment. Until I get something done. Stand there for just a minute. Stand here? I have to. 
I can't move. We cut to the annoying hipster couple gathering firewood and kindling because we need to pad this route to nearly 80 minutes. The kids find the lady's corpse and dig it up because we have to pad the runtime out to nearly 80 minutes and we only have seven minutes to go. They cut from this to the artist's house and our penultimate flip. I'm going to have to leave. I'll come back some other day and you can finish. Just a minute. I'm sketching it out. Stick that crazy driftwood. It's a girl's body, all right. Brilliant deduction, Hawkshaw. What next? Well, I'm going to go up to that house and phone the police. Uh, you two wait here. April should be back any minute. You got a good case, Seymour, but if I'm waiting, it's by the fire. I better go phone. I hope they have a phone up there. Well, if they don't, you just get a flashlight and shine it on that. I'll scream loud enough for the police in four counties to hear. Now just one thing more. So that I get the right neckline. Turn away from me. I'm tired. Cut me loose. This is ridiculous. What do you mean, ridiculous? I never heard of anything like this before. This is no way to paint. Cut me down. Young lady. You are going to be immortalized on a sword canvas, whether you like it or not. Turn around! Come on. Turn away. Count up to 20, and then I'll be finished. What? Stay just that way. No! Don't turn. Oh, for peace. Eleven. Twelve. I'm not kidding, Mr. Sorg. I'm counting to twenty and that's it. Thirteen. Fourteen. Can I Fifteen. April! So what the hell's going on here? What are you doing with that axe? Just working out an idea. This is your young man. Invite him in. I am in. Where's your phone? I don't have a phone. You're quite rude, young man. Listen, pal, you'd be rude too if you saw your girl tied up. And a man with an axe in one hand and a bloody mess in the other. And a corpse outside there on the beach. A corpse? April, I don't know what you're doing here, but... Get I'm away going... from her! Hold it. You come any closer and I'll blow your head off. That, that girl on the beach was all a mistake. I don't know anything about it. I don't buy that. First of all, I didn't say it was a girl. How could you know it was a girl unless you're the one that killed her? Young man, you're making a mistake. Now let me... Now you go near that gun, I'll split her head wide open. That girl on the beach, she was a nobody. She could live or die, what would it matter? But now, she's gonna live forever. On my canvas, she's immortal. She's gonna live forever. That thing on the beach, it's an empty shell, that's all. But her life, her blood, that's what I've kept. I've kept it alive. I've kept her alive in my painting. Her life, her blood, people will admire it forever. Her blood? You, you used it as paint? Now, young man, get away from that gun or this girl dies right now. Get away from that gun and walk over beside it. Stand away from that gun! Hey, man, dig this crazy game of charades! Stop! I guess I want 
take up painting for a while. They zoom into the painter's bloody face, then cross fade into the burning painting with the blood bubbling on top, and our final clip. It takes courage, my friend, to destroy a painting worth thousands. Mr. Gogorovich, I'm not burning a painting. I'm lighting Adam Sorb's funeral pyre. You could have at least saved the frame. Roll credits, I guess? Fuck Jesus. Just wow. Holy fucking wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Just fucking terrible. Yeah. This was a Ooh. real kind of a bummer. Um, What a letdown, man. What a real letdown. Yeah. That, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, yikes. <laughs> I just, I don't I know. I don't even know what to say. It's just, it wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. It was subpar even for Herschel Gordon Lewis standards. Like, I don't think I could tolerate less of a movie than this. The, the, you get too much less of a movie than this you're in like birdemic territory yeah and they yeah, at least just... they at least tried more with their special effects i mean like the coolest thing was the guts hanging out of her gut but it didn't look like she was actually disemboweled it just looked like they put her guts in her underwear and threw blood on top like and then the guy squeezed yeah, it out that way that is exactly what that looked like it's not wrong yeah wow it was just bad so yeah. bad it was the most amateurish um film that uh, we may have reviewed on this show i mean horror house on highway five is pretty close to that obviously but uh it was intentionally bad <laughs> like all the choices that it was making with its wackiness and its zaniness and i think this was trying to be like slapstick comedy a little bit or splat stick but it's like every single joke failed it's like a modern day bob goldthwaite stand-up where he purposely tells bad jokes to see who will laugh at it just out of awkwardness yeah yeah just see uh, who's gonna force a laugh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know, man. It just, it it really missed with me quite a bit. And it made me kind of sad that it didn't get, like, that Moonshine Mountain was actually the better of the two that we paired together, you know? For yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased for me. Yeah. And of the ones that we've done so far, all of the Herschel Gordon Lewis movies that we've done so far, including the amateurist, really racist porn, and then the uh, one that was, like, basically incest porn, even those films were yeah. better than this. And they were really amateurishly made. They were really bad. I mean, they were horribly amorously made, and this still beats them all for as shit as a movie can be. Yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So say after I had watched the uh, Moonshine Mountain, I was like, oh my God, that was pretty good. I Maybe we're on a good run for these movies that, boom, did it ever tank. Yeah, I don't think they get any better than this. I really don't. I think they're going to just start getting worse from here. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've, I have seen something weird which i know we're going to be covering in the next two weeks and i remember liking it but remember thinking that it was pretty bad and it came after all the movies that i thought were actually decently made so we'll kind of see where it goes from here uh obviously i've seen like the gore movies that are coming up later on i have watched those as well already and i just remember them having more gore and being bloody and gross and fun in that way but i don't remember them being any better made uh yeah ho hopefully hopefully it'll still have some more tact to it and it'll feel like somebody who actually gives a fuck but we're even going to be covering like the last film that Herschel Gordon made in like the 20 aughts my man damn Jesus <laughs> yep we're going to be covering a movie from the 20 aughts that Herschel Gordon Lewis made with David Freeman later the on 
20 aughts. Yeah. It's the last time we've moved and moved from the 20 aughts. It's been have a, we ever. We have, but it's been a long time. Uh, it absolutely has. I'll tell you what, we hit over an hour. That's the thing that I was going to say before you had something, you know, deep and profound woo! to kind of mention. So uh, yeah. let's yeah. let's just try and snaggle in a story time and uh, whatever comes All to right. mind just to tell a story to pad out the episode. That's what we're going to fucking do. We're going to take a break. We're going to play on the Pirate Radio Edit, the band Big Dumb Face with the song Blood Red Head on Fire. Okay. They are a weird fucking band. Just take my word for that. And when we come back, we'll have another story time. face with blood red head on fire and i told you they were fucking weird yeah, that is uh, that was a bit weird yeah <laughs> matt psyop are you ready to tell the people a story uh, uh sure i guess it story time story time trying to think of how i could tell this without um being a huge fucking dick here oh okay uh, so that the people involved cannot have it traced back to you yeah i, I just don't want anybody getting pissy Ooh. so let me uh <laughs> hold on let me uh you can change a few facts to protect the innocent i suppose if that'll well, help yeah it, it's nobody i talk to still i just don't want anybody else to be pissy with me who listens because we could have our fair share artists who listen all right back when you're in college and you like your your first couple years college you know the really pretentious like kind of like pricky artsy kids <laughs> i've like, met them. really pretentious i've met them yeah, yeah. all right yeah <laughs> i met my first one with like my freshman year of, of college and he was so ocd slash anal retentive that when he painted he would scream if like even like the paint like a little muck gun on his jeans we never knew how he painted but he would he would live down my floor but this motherfucker would scream to the point where it'd be like three in the morning just screaming because he got paint or he ruined his painting and i'm like all right man listen not not for nothing but i went down to his door because he was still screaming and finally i just had enough i was tired so i went up to his door and i knocked on it and he opened it up and he had one of those like crazed fucking eye bulging looks in his eye like sweaty i don't know what kind of painting you're doing to get that sweaty um i'm like dude you've got to stop screaming it is three in the morning. I don't sleep a lot, but I was just recently. And uh, he literally tried to grab me by my shirt and push me up against the wall. Here's the difference. At that point, I'm probably about 215 pounds to his 150. He's a little little guy. So 
he wasn't moving. And, but he was pushing and he kept screaming at my face to the point where I just went back to my room. Moral of that story is I was talking to some guys who I went to college with. Uh, God, I want to say this is about five years ago now. And uh, we were just telling stories and I told the story about that dude. And apparently uh, that uh, just again, I don't know how that guy is now married. Three kids working like a normal accountant's job. I, <laughs> I thought he was going to be dead of a fucking overdose or he's going to kill someone. I thought he was going to because I was watching this guy and it made me think of him. I thought, oh, that's probably I even thought, you know, if I didn't know, I probably think that's what he was doing. <laughs> Murdering women to try and get the ultimate experience in painting. Something like that. But no, no. He, now he's a, a, an account manager for taxes or some shit. I'm not exactly sure, but apparently, yeah, he lives in fucking St. Louis, does just fine for himself. I'm like, well, I mean, that's good. I'm like, you know, you know, well, I don't want anybody to get murdered, but I just never knew how a guy who went that weird became that normal. So I have kind of a different story time story for us. So. All right. Yeah. So when I was in high school, um, I would say probably junior year, maybe um, sophomore, maybe junior year. Uh, I was already starting to think about and or trying to make a movie and I was putting some feelers out there and I had no idea how to write a script. So I just wrote it as a story and like wrote it as a story uh-huh. as in what I would want to see in a movie, like written out longhand, like in descript- described what it would be and all of that stuff. And the story that I decided to try and do that I thought would be the easiest to recreate with the resources I had available to me was essentially a version of this kind of story or a bucket of blood or that other film that I was talking about that has the Dead Red Nude series where he paints with women's blood as well. Uh, I was going to do like a artist who loses touch with reality and starts killing people to turn them into artwork. But it was sort of going to be a lot more of a gorier idea and it was actually going to be like severed body parts that were, you know, cast and then painted and looked to not be what they were. Sort of like Bucket of Blood as well um, with that, but like more of like, you know, the guy would sculpt things that look like a Cenobite would do sculpture wise with body parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was yeah, like, no, I got you. was like the idea that I was going to, I was going to try and do. And it was something that like some friends of I and I came up with various ideas and we even shot some fucking test footage. And one of the ideas that I had that I wanted to use was I noticed like um, white nylon. If you got the right kind, like, like actual nylon nylons, like ladies stocking nylons or whoever wears stockings that wears nylon would glow in a black light in such a way that whatever you put it over got this weird like ghostly look to it and all you had to do was shine just enough black light that it would catch it all and it wouldn't uh, do anything to the rest of the background on like a VHS tape like style camera like it didn't augment the uh, the picture for that but it made it pop and glow and look weird so I had like this ghostly effect thing that I was going to try out and that we were working on and we kind of did and then everything just kind of fell apart and we got busy doing other things and we never actually went back to it but just you telling me the story of the crazed artist in college made me remember that now to be able to tell this on story time (laughs) (laughs) story time yeah there we go that's story time and uh that's putting us just enough over an hour to where even if it cuts down to under an hour it'll be fine once i pat it back out with the music and let's get the fuck out of here let's fucking go oh jesus i wonder what the next of herschel gordon lewis stuff is going to be like (laughs) we'll see we'll see how we feel about it all right with that i'm going to play the ending legion promo to close out this fucking show when we come back we will have slayer with blood red right after this if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcasts duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show 
Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. careful i'm just gonna let slayer run for way too fucking long even though this episode could probably use as much padding as its film had yeah we need all the slayer all the time (laughs) we need all the padding that mike myers wore during playing fat bastard in the austin power series yeah yeah, (laughs) we need all of that padding oh yeah we need all that padding (laughs) oh man we need double that padding If you'd like to find the 404 previous instances where we made references to a Mike Myers film we no longer care about and or respect, you can find that all available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who says we don't respect it or care? (laughs) All right. I do both. You respect and or care about Mike Myers films now? I do. I do. I'll stand for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I am only going to stand up for Mike Myers films like uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, but I'm not going to defend the Austin that's Powers also fair series. i'm not All right. well that's that. fair <laughs> if you'd like to... austin powers one uh, i don't know well if you'd like to have a further discussion with either matt or myself you can give it a shot on our legion discord chat see if we can finally get matt to start chiming in again he's been gone for a while i have been gone for a while <laughs> I, should, I need to get back in there <laughs> well, listen when you work almost 80 hours every week <laughs> shit a... sucks i don't got a lot of time no more <laughs> you're a busy busy boy that's for sure my friend oh god uh don't make shitty financial decisions kids because it'll fuck you in the end <laughs> well let's do a meme rundown to help try and cheer folks yeah. up from that really depressing thought they all just had thank you <laughs> hey maybe they don't have it maybe they make good financial decisions like god thank god i'm not that they hum along the rest of their day <laughs> that's fair all right so if you'd like to hum along with the rest of your day with some fucking memes first 
check our Instagram. Yes. That's where they get shared first, cinema underscore psyops on Instagram. Then they're shared to the Facebook page of Cinema Psyops and then the Facebook group of Cinema Psyops, both aptly named for the podcast of Cinema Psyops. Cinema, the Cinema Psyops. <laughs> well, while you're out there laughing for the 800th time of that Bugs Bunny pronunciation of our name, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your pitch. <laughs> Recording in progress. Yeah! So now we fuck up, it's all on record. <laughs> okay, weird flex, bro. Uh, for sure. <laughs> You're weird flex, bro. I am a weird flex. All right, here we go. Color me blood red. Color me blood red. Color me blood I didn't. I let that bit go too long. I didn't know how to get out of there. <laughs> it was, I was about to say, I, I was about to enter in there. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch that in. That's awesome. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Three, two, one. This will keep ah, Three, two, one. Cinema Psyops. <laughs> well, while you're out there laughing for the 800th time of that Bugs Bunny pronunciation of our name, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your pitch. <laughs> I legit love that. It doesn't matter how much I hear someone yeah. say Cinema Psyops. I fucking love it. It's Cinema Psyops. We'll have some spig- spaghetti, boo. <laughs> I loved it when Bo used to, I used to. I don't know. I loved it when Bo did that. Uh, oh, he used, yeah. he used to do that. Hey, with us. It was a 
always the best. Yeah, I do yeah. miss it. All yeah. right. That was always good stuff. <laughs> I'm not trying to pad out the end of the episode by continuing to record this pablum, I swear. <laughs> Lies! <laughs> Freund Leiven, I'm stopping! Move on. I don't know. Recording stopped.